0: Amen. I think just about everybody's got their power back on and I know a few people still don't have internet and phone and all of that, but I'm sure they're continuing to work on that. But I'm glad to see you in the house of the Lord on this morning. Amen. Praise God. Amen. The presence of God is just so rich in this place today. I don't know about you, but I believe if you're looking for God, you could go home right now and say that I was in the presence of the Lord and receive what I need from God during our worship service this morning. Amen? Hallelujah. And But guess what? We aren't going to leave yet because <laughs> I have a word for you. Amen? From the Lord. I've been talking about this theme in Acts, and uh, if you haven't been a part, I believe this is our fourth or fifth message on the book of Acts. And uh, if you haven't been able to be here for those services, be sure to go by our website. It's totally free to you, and you can get those messages and get caught up. This is something that God has put in my spirit over the last few, uh, several weeks, and I it to get into you because I believe that this is something that God is impressing upon us, not just here as a local body, but I believe that it is where we are in the church, in the kingdom of God, and, and I just want to press in on it until God begins to move and to minister and we begin to see a shift in the spirit. Amen? Well, let me tell you then. I'm going to preach on this until we see a shift in the spirit. Amen. Because I believe that God is doing something in the earth and I want to be a part of it. Don't you? Hallelujah. Titles don't impress me. Uh, Things of this world don't oppress me, but I tell you, I would not take anything for a millisecond in the presence of God. Because in His presence for a millisecond can change everything that I need to be changed in my life. Praise God. And so it's worth getting into His presence. So let us go back to the book of Acts here this morning. Acts chapter 1, we begin verse 1. And it says, the former uh, treaties have I made with thee, O The." Theolophysis, Theophilus. There we go. If my mama gave me that name, I'd go to the courthouse and change it. My tongue gets tired just trying to say it. But he said, all that Jesus began, say began, to do and to teach until the day in which he has taken up after that He, through the Holy Ghost, has given commandments unto the apostles whom He had chosen, to whom He also He showed Himself alive after His passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you shall hear of me. Verse 5, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized in the Holy Ghost not many days from now. Dropping down to verse 8, but you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me both in Jerusalem and Judea and in Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. And then we drop over to chapter 2 and verse 1. And the day of Pentecost had fully come and they were all in one place and and one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind that filled all the place where they were setting with cloven tongues of fire set upon each of them. And they were all, somebody say all, all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them the utterance. Chapter 3, verse 19, it says, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins might be blotted out and when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Amen. If I was to give this a subtitle today, I would say how did we get here from there? How did we get here from there? Uh, We've been talking about this church that Jesus established and left in charge that we read about here in the book of Acts. It was not a church that watched, but it was a church that acted. It acted out the work that Jesus did after he left. It was a church of not watching, but a church of doing. Jesus started it and he taught it, But then he told us in John chapter 14 and verse 12, he said, Behold, I say unto you that he who believes on me, uh, uh, the works that I have done, he said, You shall do, and greater works in these shall you do, because I go to my Father which is in heaven. Amen. We have gotten off track somehow until... We look nothing like the apostles, we look nothing like the Pentecost, the miracles of Jesus, the disciples. Uh, We look at them today as if that were the climax, that was the, the pinnacle, that was as high as we could go and we hold that in high regard and standard today, which we should. But we should not stand mesmerized by that as if we will never achieve it. But it is only for us to look at and remember God as if he were a God of history and not a God of the present. But he gave us those tidbits of information for us to get a glimpse of what he left. He left a church that was full of power. He left the church that that God had anointed and equipped to do the work that Jesus did. But you see, this has become the mindset of most churches today. We have come to a place where that we think that Christianity with the best days of it has been behind us. And we read the Bible as if that we got some kind of bum rap and all the good things have already taken place in the Bible. And we're just here holding the fort until Jesus comes. But I want to dispel that today. In fact, that's my assignment this morning morning is to change that mindset that you might have in your heart and in your mind and understand today that we must replace it with the understanding not of what we have been taught by men, but what Jesus has said. And Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do because I go to my father, which is in heaven. How did we get here? How do we get in a place where we can't tell a church from a funeral service? How do we get here where there's more joy in the world than there is in the church? How do we get here to where church became a hobby? How do we get to the place where it looks that the church looks nothing like the church that Jesus had established? We have failed to understand that we are not a counterculture, but we are, excuse me, we are not a subculture, but we are a counterculture to this world. Amen. While we must change in the the times and stay relevant, we do not lose and then make the mistake that we try to mimic the world to be able to get the things from heaven. But we must understand kingdom principles. We must understand the kingdom, authority. And when we do and we exercise that authority, then the power of God will be established within us. Amen. We must not lose what makes the difference from every other social gathering, but every religious gathering that has the form and the appearance of God in this, but doesn't have any power. There's a lot of civil groups that do a lot of good things. There's a lot of people that do a lot of good things. You hear it at funerals all the time there was a good man it was a good woman but I want to tell you that the kingdom of God is more than just doing good but the kingdom of God has power and authority and dominion in this earth glory to God I'm not waiting to get to heaven and thinking that someday in heaven I will operate in power and in authority God never gave me the power of the Holy Spirit so I could walk in authority around the throne he gave me power and authority so I can walk in this earth with dominion and authority and exercise the power of God over all the powers of the enemy. Oh, come on and give him praise here this morning. You see, we have made different models of churches today, different models of churches. I've been around a few uh, churches in my days and and I've seen a lot of models. I've seen the academic model. This is where the church, where you go to church and you treat it like a classroom. We we don't have, we do have teaching, but it's not the main course. Amen. Academics is not the main course of the church. Jesus did. And then he taught. I said, Jesus did it. And then he taught them how to do it. And so as important as education is, it's not just about academics. We don't treat the house of God like a a, a place where that we go to school and, and we sit and we learn. This isn't a place where that you see, and I'll just throw this in there for good measure. We don't just come to church and listen to other people because there's something about participating. If you don't participate with the word of God, if you don't participate with worship, then you'll not receive the same measure as somebody that was willing to participate. That's the reason why even in the academic world, they have shifted it to where no longer do people just sit in a classroom and hear a lecture for two hours, but they get people up and get them involved in what is going on because they comprehend, they receive it, they experience it for themselves and it does not lose them and that's the reason the church has become weak Is because we have become academic in our thinking thinking that if we come and we get enough knowledge of God that everything will be alright but I want to tell you the devil knows God better than you do and he ain't holy Amen I'm preaching better than you letting on today but I still got some stuff Amen You see, it isn't just about getting knowledge. It isn't just about getting education. That's good, but that's not the reason that we're here. Amen. Then we've got the business model where we've turned the church into a business. The church has business. The church must be diligent about its business, but the church is not a business. Amen. This generation, we are just coming off of the heels of a a, a shift in the church where that uh, people have, they they have gone for self-gain. They have taught the gospel for profit. Amen. And I don't know how many of you around here about two and a half, three years ago, but I told you uh, uh, prophetically that, that we was coming into a season when this downshift came in the economy in about 2008 or so. Where the, the downshift in this economy that you would see these prophet preachers dry up and you wouldn't see them on TV anymore. Amen. Why? Because the only way sometimes you can tell the difference between a hireling and a a fatherly anointing is in times of famine. But in times of famine, there'll still be plenty in the father's house in times of famine the father's house will still be blessed come on somebody because you see the father has an anointing that even though that things may dry up he's anointed and he is going to have plenty in the father's house the prodigal son looked back at the father's house and said what am I doing in this world whenever the father has everything I need hallelujah and I'm telling you today that there's been many that have preached for profit and that's the reason why people are doing things if you see somebody doing things it's because somebody's making money at it. Amen. Then there's a celebrity model. We live in a culture of celebrity. You can be famous for just being famous. You don't have to contribute any great thing. You don't have to accomplish any great task. All you have to do is be famous and people will turn you into a celebrity. I was watching something that came through the other day and, and, and I see um, on the TV, they have this show and uh, uh, is it Kardashians. I looked at Renee and I said, what have they done? Have they done? And she said, Nothing. I said, I just wanted to understand why they have them on TV, because I ain't seeing nothing up in here. I ain't seeing nothing they're contributing. But how many know folks will turn you into a celebrity just because you are? (laughs) Y'all ain't saying nothing. Let me just say it this way. God never created man to be worshiped. And whenever man becomes worshiped by another man, it will turn them crazy. That's the reason why people self-destruct. That's the reason. I don't care if it's a preacher. I don't care if it's a movie star. You see them out there and it looks like that they're at the pinnacle of life and they go take their life. They go uh, take an overdose on drugs. They destroy their self. Why? Because people have raised them up, put them on a pinnacle, and they cannot stand it because man has not been created to be worshipped. Amen. And so... But you see, what I want to say today is the church will worship at the feet of religious celebrities. People won't, won't go 10 miles up the road to be faithful to a local church in a revival service, but they'll take a weeks and days off to go worship where a celebrity preacher is. I'm telling it right get some big name singer and and they'll take off work. They'll spend 50 bucks to get a ticket and, and won't even put five bucks in the plate. Woo, yeah, I'm preaching. We're worshiping celebrities. Now don't get me wrong. We honor gifts, but we worship only God. I said we honor gifts, but we only worship God. Amen. He's the only one. And so we have to understand that we honor those who God has gifted and blessed. I'm not against that. But I want to tell you that when we begin to make them celebrities, God says, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not sharing my glory with anybody, anybody. Nobody's going to get it. I've got to have all the glory that I receive. It's mine and it's mine and I'm not going to share it with nobody. Amen. Then we have the entertainment model. What happen, happens on stage is the entertainment and the people are there to be entertained and they sit in their chairs and they don't participate and they clap their hands if they like it and they frown if they don't. Amen? And then we have the faith model. The faith model... It it goes beyond academics because whenever I can't get the dots connected, my faith will carry me and bridge the gap. Amen. Faith is greater than business because not, not, we're not foolish with business, but faith will cause you to do some things that don't fit into a business plan that doesn't make any sense business wise, but faith will cause you to do it. Amen. Faith is greater than celebrity because man has not been created to be worshipped. Amen. When we do, people self-destruct. Faith is greater than the entertainment because entertainment will only make me feel good for the moment, but my faith will carry me through the dark times of my life and cause me to be stable when everything else is shaking. Amen. It is the, it is this faith model that Jesus left in the Book of Acts. That is uh, on a collision course with the culture of our day where idol worship was taking place where they were worshipping the bible says they were worshipping so many gods that in one scripture he said they even worshipped the god that they didn't know who he was they was just kept on worshipping and worshipping at the shrines of idol worship and god but someone said uh, a, a few years ago I remember them saying read the red and pray for the power Read the red and pray for the power. And so if you just came yesterday, the red means the words Jesus said, right? And he said, read the red and pray for the power. And I believe that. Uh, So you start reading the red, you pray for the power, amen, and God works. But that's the red is what Jesus began to do. But I'm going to tell you, he said, pray for the power because I want you to do what I've been doing. I want you to have this power to walk in authority that I have given to the believers, amen. And so when the disciples came along, Jesus told them, you need some power because with Jesus, with what Jesus did, it did not end with him, but it was the beginning of what he wanted to do, amen. After that, those 40 days between the resurrection and his ascension, the Bible is very clear that Jesus taught them things concerning the kingdom of God. So Jesus taught them and fully expected them through the power of the Holy Spirit to continue what he began. Jesus was very clear that it was going to take people being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to push his agenda of the kingdom into the earth. And the kingdom of God is not confined to geography. The kingdom of God is not confined to property. It's not confined to ethnicity. It's not confined, amen, to time frames. It's not confined to when you die. Everywhere that Jesus is recognized as king and responded to it, so the kingdom of God is wherever the rule of Christ is reigning and is responded to. Let me say that again. The kingdom of God is wherever the rule of Christ is recognized and responded to. The kingdom of God is not the Middle East. The kingdom of God is not a building. The kingdom of God is not heaven. The kingdom of God is where Jesus is recognized as king of kings, lord of lords, and you respond to that. The kingdom of God is not a observation. Amen. It is within you. And so, so it is possible for people to mentally understand that Jesus is king, but not respond to that. And the kingdom will not be within them. Because it is not good enough for you to know about Jesus, but you have to respond to him. Jesus showed us that wherever his kingdom was, there, then everywhere that Jesus was, that there was an open heaven. Because Jesus and the Father were at one, and therefore there was no distance between heaven and earth. Whenever uh, Jesus was on the earth and he and God was in heaven and whenever they came into alignment in the earth, heaven came closer to the earth angels started ascending and descending there was a, 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 oh the heavens opened up and god would say this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased why was there an open heaven wherever jesus went it was because he and the father were as one they were walking in an. he was walking in an act of obedience and he was establishing the kingdom of god in the earth hallelujah amen Wherever Jesus is, is where the kingdom of God is done freely. So when Jesus showed up, demons flee. When Jesus showed up, dead things come alive. When Jesus showed up, the sick were healed. Wherever Jesus went, the power of the kingdom of God was established and ruled and reigned in that place. Amen. Not in word only, but in power. Amen. And so this is what Jesus began. Say began. He began it. To say he began it did not say that he finished. He began the work of the kingdom. He established something in the earth that he fully expected his disciples to continue to do and to teach. And now we should be doing and teaching what Jesus did. Amen. We can't just do and we can't just teach. We have to do both to be in balance. Amen. In spirit and in truth. In spirit and in structure. Amen. And this is only what Jesus began. But after that, he came and he gave commandment to his apostles through the Holy Ghost to go and to do what he did and to say what he said. The book of Acts is a picture of an apostolic church, a church that is full of power, a church that knows the will of the father and is carrying out the will and the command of father God. Amen. Jesus spent these 40 days with them, teaching them about the kingdom and says, I'm going to put you in care of the kingdom. I am going to put the keys of the kingdom into your hand. Amen. And this kingdom is going to collide with every other kingdom on the earth that is sending and opposing the will and the kingdom of God he says so you're going to not just go in there and sashay and impose this upon the earth but he says you're going to need some power because there's going to be obstacles and oppositions that you're going to have to fight but don't be afraid because greater is he that is in you than the world that has been established in the earth and I just want to tell you today in case you have not noticed it we're in a fight have you ever heard of a person being arrested for having a bible study in his own house in America and we want to sit behind nice stained glass windows and pretty little crosses and sing our nice little songs and hold on to I don't tell you, we ain't going to just be able to hold the fort. There is no such thing. You're either backing up or you're going forward. And I'm telling you, if there isn't a wake-up call for us in America where that we understand that we are in a fight, that there is opposition that is opposing the kingdom of God, amen, when they arrest a man for having a Bible study in his own house, I'm telling you, we're in a battle, we're in a warfare, and it's time for the kingdom of God to rise up and to establish authority in the earth. We're dealing with people that, that, that even in denominations, the Episcopals have just embraced the spirit of homosexuality. Amen. The love of many have already waxed cold. Amen. They heap to themselves itching ears, having a form of godliness but don't have no power. They love themselves more than they love God. Amen. This will not be uh, brought down by singing on pitch. This will not be brought down with nice choirs. This will not be brought down with fine-tuned programs. Amen. We do our very best and we do it with... But the kingdoms that we're opposing today will not be brought down because of your money. If you're going to bring it down, you must have some power. You must have some authority. And the only thing the devil understands is a greater force. You can't talk a demon out. You can't counsel a demon out all you've got to you can do is you've got to have some power praise God the only thing that demon understands is greater force and the Bible said a strong man is safe in his house until a stronger one comes but when the stronger one comes he has to loose them and let them go free hallelujah you can't set people free from aggressive demons with a passive faith you've got to have a faith that knows your God and when you know your God you shall be strong and do exploits for him. I'm telling you today, we've got to rise up as we sung this morning out of the ashes of yesterday. We can't sit on our laurels of what has been. We've got to have some power in this hour to set the captive free, to set at liberty those that are bruised, and preach the acceptable word of Jesus Christ in the earth right now. Hallelujah. Come on and give him some praise. Because the truth of it is, someone has to stand up. Amen. I said, someone has to stand up and say, that that is in me is greater than that that is working in you. Amen. I don't go looking for boogers behind every bush. when they show up, I take care of business. Amen. Amen. And I, 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 I'm not saying it from a standpoint of bragging. I'm just saying it from a standpoint of you don't have to fear the devil. Spielberg in Hollywood has made done a good job of making a big devil. But I want to tell you, the Bible said that our elder brother rendered him helpless on the cross of Calvary. Amen. Amen. And there's never been a time, never been a time that the enemy manifests that God didn't give us the power to overcome the enemy. Because God is greater than every force of the enemy. God is greater than every principality. Amen. You must understand that God is raising up a church today. And it isn't about my style. You've got to understand that. It isn't about my preference of style of church. It's not about my preference about how I like to do a thing. It's about a conviction that I have that is so deep inside of me that our churches are too quiet. That our churches are too soft. That our churches are too broke down and people have lost their praise and they don't have any strength anymore. Amen. And I'm telling you today that people are being attacked on every hand, Uh, every spirit and every work of the enemy is working against them. It's all around us. And all we want to do is sit around and do our little religious thing. The devil is a liar. Amen. God has to have a voice. He has to have a people. He has to have a church. He has to have a kingdom in the earth. That's not going to sit idly by and be passive with their praise. That is not going to sit idly by and say well I just don't feel like it today no you don't have the right but you've got a responsibility I said you've got a responsibility to praise the Lord it isn't about your feelings it isn't about your emotions Jesus died on the cross of Calvary so you could have life and have it more abundantly he didn't set, die on the cross so you could come and sit in a church and sing kumbaya I want to feel good today no he gave you that he died on the cross so you could have authority to lift up your voice to praise your hands to bless the name of Jesus and tell every principality and power of Hell! I will not remain silent. I will not be passive. But the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violence shall take it by force. Amen. There's got to be something inside of you that says, "I know my God is greater. I know my God is stronger. I know that He is higher than any other." There's got to be something on the inside of you that says, even though hell may rage, I know that my God is able. We've got an entertaining generation of preachers that have come out of Bible school. Now, I'm not mad. I'm just telling you how it is. Can you take it? But I need to go back to preaching this on Wednesday night. If you can't take it, I'll get a little nice little kumbaya out. Preachers have come out of seminary and they have been taught by professors who have never built a church, who have never cast out a devil, who have never seen a miracle take place, and they have injected those people with the formaldehyde of unbelief and they have become the morticians of their faith. And now they come into our pulpits and they want to preach that their their disbelief. They want to preach their doubt. They want to preach God from a standpoint of their own understanding or their own uh, experience with God. But I want to tell you today that it is not my assignment to preach from my own experience. Now, let me uh, tell you what I'm trying to get to you at this. I thank God for his presence, his anointing, and his power. But sometimes, how many know things don't go the way you think they ought to go? I've prayed for some folk, and they've got healed. I've prayed for others, and they died. But I want to tell you today, I'm still going to lay hands on the sick and expect them to recover. Amen. I'm not going to just you know dance around it and say well you know if the lord maybe if he it's his will and and if it, if he don't need another angel in heaven I'll shut up I don't have all the answers but what I do know is God said what he meant and he meant what he said and so therefore I'm not going to preach on my experience of I prayed for somebody and they died I'm going to preach from his word that I am the Lord God that healed thee lay hands on the sick and they shall recover praise God that's the word of the Lord and so that's what I'm going to do but we back up from the word of God because we doubt and we have fear and we don't understand but I want to tell you you, while I do not understand, you cannot understand God. You might as well get off of that academic thing and trying to figure out who he is. Because at the end of your day, you will still not be able to comprehend the greatness and the awesomeness of the God that we serve. But what we must do is we read the word, we believe the word, we speak the word, and the word begins to operate in us. And we do signs and wonders and miracles, and we demonstrate the power of God in this broken world. Amen. Preachers have become better motivational speakers than they have prophets. Amen. I'm feeling good and you feel good and we'll all feel good together. Well, I like feeling good, but my assignment's not to make everybody feel good. Everybody ought not feel good. If you're sleeping with somebody else's wife, you ought not come to church and feel good. If you're stealing from God, you ought not feel good. Come on, somebody. Sometimes people don't need to feel good. They need to feel some conviction. They need to feel the word of God pressing in on them so that their lives will be changed. I believe there's a power church on the way. I believe there is a church that is going to be filled with power, not just a not just a, re, a a regional church, not just a local church, but I'm talking about a kingdom of God that is going to be established in the earth. Amen. It may not have everything just right. Amen. It may not have all the uh, the eyes dotted and the T's crossed, but what it will have is some power. Amen. If you haven't noticed, that there's a generation rising up, and they're crazy. Amen. They don't give a care what you think. Their hair is six different colors. It looks like they fell face first in a tackle box. And they don't care what you think. They don't care. They didn't ask you if you liked it. They didn't ask you what you thought about it. they just doing it. Why? Because there's a militant spirit inside of them. Amen. This militant spirit. Let me just turn here for just a moment. I've got a couple minutes. This militant spirit that is inside of them, God put it inside of them. He put it inside of them because he knew that this generation could not be passive. He knew that this generation could not be just going to church and going through the motions, but he had to have a militant spirit. But they've got to understand why God put it inside of them. Amen. It's not to war with one another. It's not to fight one another. Moses didn't understand why God put that militant spirit in him and he went and killed a man. Come on, somebody, you walking with me? but God showed him I didn't give you that anointing I didn't give you that spirit so you could go fighting with your brother I gave you that spirit because you would have to have it to rise up against the Pharaoh and say let my people go amen I'm telling you there's a generation that is arising amen they may be gang banging and shooting one another and killing one another in our streets right now but they need to know God put that militant spirit in them not to kill your brother but to go against war in the heavenlies to go and bring down strongholds and principalities and works of the enemy and say this kingdom of God will be established in this earth, hallelujah never in history has man been under such an assault as we are under today children come out of the womb and are attacked Children are taking their own lives. 12 and 14 year old children are addicted and in bondage. And we want to wait till they get a little older so they can understand. The devil is a liar. They rise up and they're under bondage at 12 and 14 years old. And then comes sickness and disease. Have you read the newspaper lately? You don't have to be old to die. Disease and sickness is running rampant upon this generation. We're dealing with financial crisis in epic proportions that people don't know what to do. And even giving up on life itself. Amen. And then we go to church and it looks like a funeral with a preacher that doesn't have no fire. Has no hope. Amen. But I want to tell you that we go to places where people don't have any praise. Let me tell you this morning that we are called the tabernacle of praise. We aren't called the tabernacle of be quiet. We aren't called the tabernacle of be sophisticated. We're not called the tabernacle of just stained glass windows. We're called praise because that's what we're prophesying. That we will be a people of praise. If everybody else shuts their mouth. If everyone else is quiet. Amen. This place should be a place where that we come in here. There's an atmosphere of worship. There is an atmosphere of lifting up the name of Jesus. And giving him glory and giving him the praise. Amen. Amen. Don't allow your circumstances to steal your praise. Don't allow your situation to silence your voice. Lift up your voice and give God the praise that he is worthy of. Amen. There's a generation that's coming with Holy Ghost and with some fire. And if you want to be quiet, then go to the library. If you wanted to mourn, go to the funeral. But if you want to worship a risen savior then you need to come to the house of the Lord and lift up his name and glorify him for the king of who he is. Amen. You, you see, the old, the old church used to say something. I didn't understand it until until later, but they used to say an old statement all the time. This is the quietest world you're ever going to be in. And I didn't understand what they were talking about. But then when I come to a little understanding, I understood that the Bible said, if I make my bed in hell, amen if I choose to go to hell there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth 24 hours 7 days a week amen if I descend to the heavens amen there is a sound of praise 24 7 there's dancing there's leaping there's rejoicing there's blessing the name of Jehovah God amen I, I need you to understand today that we need to know that God is God and we need to worship him because this really is a quietest world you're ever going to be in now I know if you tell me well pastor what you need to do is settle down you won't be the first one people have told me you need to settle down in your preaching because if you don't you're going to scare people for real (laughs) for real in a generation that pays to be scared. I know I'm a little on the big side, but I ain't that big. Huh? Come on. Halloween, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Chainsaw massacre, running around, cutting up people with chainsaws. Talk me into going... I don't do many movies, but I do it from a family, and they taught me, and they didn't really know what they was getting into themselves, I don't think, but they had so much big ruckus about this movie called Hunger Games. And I went over there, looked at that thing, and I, I, there's two movies stand out in my mind. I'm not real good with Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, stupid, stupid. <laughs> I told them, I said, that's like watching... 12 hours of TBN in an hour. It was the most confusing thing I've ever seen in my life. And then we went over there to that Hunger Games. Everybody talking about the Hunger Games. That is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I mean, that trumps this other one. Pirates running around doing stupid things. Because now we got kids running around killing one another. And that was number one at the box office for like two weeks, huh? I know a lot of y'all like it, but just shut up. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) Amen. But seriously, running around cutting people up with chainsaws and kids killing one another in this generation, and and, and pastor's going to scare somebody. Please, give me a break. Amen. Give me a break. But I do hope I scare you. I hope I scare you until you realize that this isn't a false world, but you're living in a real world where there's real demons. I hope that you're, you're scared until you wake up and shake yourself and realize there's something missing here, and I need the power of God in my life. Amen. I hope that, I hope that we realize that there's something going on that, that we cannot do it within ourselves, but we have to have an understanding that it takes the Spirit of God To do a thing in our lives. Amen. I'm almost done. Matt can you come and help me stop. Peter. Knew he couldn't give. The crippled man what he needed. Before Pentecost. So he gave him. What he asked for. Are you with me? The Bible said he stood there daily, or sat there daily, begging alms. And this wasn't the first day that Peter and John went to prayer meeting. They went every day. And so the man got excited. He looked upon them, expecting. It speaks to me and says they had been there before. They had blessed him before. They had helped him to get another meal before. But then they went to Pentecost, they went to an upper room. They received power and they operated in the power that Jesus operated in. And now they came by this day and they said, we don't have what you're asking for, but we've got what you need. And they said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up. In other words, that authority that he did it in, we're going to do it in. And he said, now get up and walk. And the Bible said that they went jumping, running and leaping into the temple, worshiping God. Amen. This is not a story for us to just look at and say, isn't that nice? This is a story to show us what we are to be doing today. The Bible says in Acts chapter 5, let me jump on over, kind of going slow through Acts, but in Acts chapter 5, the Bible said that they brought the sick out. They brought the lame out. They brought those that were tormented with evil spirits out and laid them on the sidewalks of the street so that the shadow of Peter might fall upon them and that they would be healed. And the Bible said that he healed them all, say all. If Jesus healed them all then, he'll still heal them all today. What he has done for one, he will do for all. He's no respecter of persons when it comes to his children. Amen. But what he has done, I know there's always once appointed on a man to die. I understand there is a time, there is a place. But I'm talking about that he will heal us from infirmity and diseases until that time comes. The Bible said that the shadow of Peter would fall upon them and they would be healed. All of them. I'm almost done. It wasn't the power that Peter had within himself. It was because as a result of Peter being in alignment with God... That the people were healed. How many know for you to have a shadow, you've got to be in front of the sun? You walking with me? As a result of Peter being in alignment with the sun, there was a shadow that fell upon the people, and there was enough power. In his shadow, for him to get up out of their sick bed and start walking around. My God, that's some power. I said, That's some power. Watch this. The moon has no power of its own. It only reflects the light from the sun. And According to the proportion in which the moon is in alignment with the sun determines the brightness of the moon. If it's off to the right, you may have a quarter moon. If it's uh, about two o'clock, it'll be a half moon. But when it gets dead center with the sun, it becomes a full moon that directs the brightness of the sun. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying to influence the the closer that you get to the sun. The bigger the reflection comes. The bigger the shadow is. And if we'll get closer to the sun, the greater our reflection will be. The greater our shadow will be. The greater our anointing will be. I know it may sound like old school today but let me tell you if you're going to walk in power and you're going to walk in authority you've still got to make sacrifices. God doesn't have to whittle it down. He don't have to chill it out. He ain't desperate to find somebody. He's still going to use people that will put themselves in alignment with the Son. I'm not looking for everybody. I'm just looking for Somebody to say I'm willing to align myself with the son I'm willing to align myself with the will of God for my life until everything that the son has authority and power and dominion in it I want it to reflect through me that men will see my good works and glorify the father which is in heaven is anybody hungry for that today? Is anybody desire the presence and the power of God? Is anybody tired of just being complacent and going through the rigors of religion and the routines of the day? You say, God, I want some power in my life. I want some authority. I want to walk in dominion. I want you to move and to minister in my life. Maybe you're here today and you're one of those that are being tormented with sin. Maybe you're tormented with bondage and addictions in your life. Maybe you've told yourself and even others, this is my last time. I'm never going to be found back here again. And meaning it with all your heart, only to find yourself six months later back in the same place you said you would never be again. But I want to tell you today that God can give you the power to overcome the work of the enemy. He can give you the power to overcome that spirit that is trying to attach itself to your life and to ruin you, your family, and everything around you. He can give you the power today to overcome it. Maybe you're here today and you're sick in your body and you say, I'm just going to believe God today that he is my healer, that he is my deliverer, that he is everything that I need. And I'm going to trust him today to do exceedingly abundantly. Above all that I'm able to ask or even think. According to the power working within me today. Would you stand with me please? Hallelujah. I feel good. You feel good Pastor Matt? Good. I wasn't going to let you sing if you didn't feel good. But I believe God wants to do something today. How many believe that? How many get, this thing's getting in your spirit? I'm, I'm, not, I'm just building line upon line and precept upon precept. I'm building. I'm going somewhere. Amen. That's the reason I told you get on the website if you don't have it, or get a CD, whatever. But get it in your spirit because God's doing something, and I don't want you to miss it.